Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and so much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm your host, Nara Wang, and my guest for episode 53 is former UCLA and Long Beach State basketball player and the pride of Fontana, California, Travis Reed. He is also a fellow Believe Podcast Network host with two shows you can catch, An Athlete's Journey and Believe in UCLA, which he does with Sam Conan. Travis, welcome to the Everything USC Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, even though you're an SC guy. Well, we're going to try and get along for the rest of this show here. And of course, if you enjoy (laughs) listening to the show, please subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn, or go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcasts. For me, I'm on Twitter. You can find and follow me at Wang Sports. That's N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Travis, let the people know how they can reach out to you on social media or anything else you want to promote. Let's get it out there. All right. Well, you pretty much said it about You're My Believe, brother. My show and athletes' journeys on the Believe Network. Check it out. It's really, really good. It has a lot of different uh, athletes, men, women, from NBA to Europe, college, just all kinds of different avenues. And Believe in UCLA is uh, me and my man, Sam, where we talk about UCLA sports. That's also on Believe Network. And if you want to follow me, follow me at Travis W. Reed on Instagram. I post all my social media stuff on there. R-E-E-D, not R-E-I-D. And Travis W. Reed on Facebook as well. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From odds, scores, totals, and player performance props to where a coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online's hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. For the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games, Bet Online where the game starts. We are recording this show on Wednesday morning of February 9th, just three days away from the first Crosstown showdown this season in men's hoops between the Trojans and the Bruins. That's why I've welcomed the enemy on this episode in the form of former (laughs) UCLA big man Travis Reed so we can break down the rivalry game from both sides of the equation. We'll begin by looking at how each squad has arrived to this point in the season, beginning with the games both teams played last night. 21st-ranked USC had some scary moments playing without leading scorer Isaiah Mobley, but secured a 74-68 win over Pacific, thanks in good measure from an unexpected contributor off the bench, 
true freshman Harrison Hornery out of Modern Day High School by way of Australia, who knocked down three triples in the second half after not having scored in a game since November. Meanwhile, the number 12 ranked Bruins were playing a makeup game against Stanford and got a road win on the farm 79 70 behind 23 points and 5 rebounds from Johnny Juzang and Tiger Campbell's 14 points and 7 assists. UCLA shot nearly 55% from the field, but also allowed Stanford to hit almost 54% of their shots in the game. The Trojans are now 20-4 on the season, 9-4 in conference play, which is good for 5th place, and the Bruins are 17-4 overall and 2nd in the Pac-12 with a 9-3 record. Travis, what do you make of the results from last night as to how both teams are playing heading into the contest on Saturday? Well, I definitely feel I go from UCLA perspective first. I think that it was a bounce back game. They had one hard loss against Arizona and then one terrible, terrible, terrible loss against Arizona State. I thought that the loss from Arizona lingered over to the next game. I thought that last night they kind of it was a bounce back. They needed to win because I think they realized that UCLA realized that conference wins are hard, period. The Pac-12 is a good conference with a lot, you know, a lot of sneaky, sneaky games. You just never know. And when you're USC or UCLA, uh, you know, the top name schools in the conference, you're going to get everybody's best game. So I really felt that UCLA needed this win to kind of get back on track for their big, big, big showdown for Saturday's game against SC. As far as SC goes, I think like they have a lot of talent. They're probably... From top to bottom, them in Arizona are probably the two most talented teams in the in the whole Pac-12. I thought that they really had the game against Arizona, in my opinion, when I watched it on Saturday. But, you know, it's, it's tremendously hard to win in Arizona. So they obviously they end up losing. I think both the teams are tournament bound. And these are, this is a statement game for both teams, to be honest. I think for SC, that can bolt them into the top echelon of the Pac-12. And for UCLA is to kind of show that they still run this town. Obviously, after the trips to the desert for both teams looking for bounce backs, USC struggled with a Pacific team that was 7-15 and coming into the game, but led for most of the game until, again, like I said, Harrison Hornery coming off the bench, coming up big for the Trojans there, playing without Isaiah Mobley, who sat out the game with a Broken nose, but we expect them to be back on Saturday. So taking a look now at the USC season as a whole, they opened with 10 straight wins before losing a COVID rescheduled game at Stanford on a Tuesday afternoon on January 11th. They had to deal with a COVID outbreak to end the second half of December. Their other losses, they lost again to Stanford down at Galen Center and also at home to Oregon. And of course, that road loss to then number seven, now number four, Arizona. The best wins on the schedule for SC so far are at Washington State and in the Wooden Legacy in Anaheim against San Diego State, currently ranked 21 in both the AP and coaches polls, and 30 as of today's net rankings. The highest they reached in any poll was number five in the AP and seven in the coaches and net. And part of the reason for the net ranking being lower than maybe some people would think, they've only played two quad one games and went one and one, that win at Wazoo and the loss at Arizona. And a big deal is the net strength of schedule. USC just 132nd in that, 
and 333 in the non-conference strength of schedule. So is USC overrated, underrated, or properly rated right now, Travis? I think they're rated where they're supposed to be. I think when they were ranked like number five in the country, that might have been a little bit a little bit overzealous because at that time, I think they were undefeated. In Pac-12, teams cannibalize each other. So nobody's going to go undefeated. You know, even Arizona lost to UCLA. And they could have lost to SC, to be honest. So I think they're right where they need to be. I, in my opinion, they're one of those sneaky five, six seeds in the tournament to where, like, they can go from a six seed to the Sweet 16, or they can be a five, six seed and lose in the first round. It just kind of depends on the, you know, situation. I've been in both situations. When I was at UCLA, we were a six seed my first year. When I was a freshman, we went all the way to the Sweet 16, upset then top-ranked Michigan with Tractor Trailer and other players before losing to the national championship team Kentucky in 98. In 99, we were a six-seed that lost against Detroit Mercy, upset in the first round. So I think SC is around that. I think they have enough talent to where they can go pretty far in the tournament, but they also could lose in the first round. So they one of those teams. <laughs> Yeah, you never know sometimes from within a game, even with USC, what you're going to get. They'll go through bad stretches within a game and then snap out of it and go on a crazy run against teams that they've played so far this season. Flipping it over to the Bruins, they started the season ranked number two in the preseason polls, coming off of their final four run last season and won eight of nine to begin the season before they also had to deal with the COVID outbreak in December. That only loss in that nine-game start was against Gonzaga. Right now, they are ranked 12th in both the AP and coaches' polls and number 14 in the net rankings. They reached as high as two in both polls and number 10 in the net. They went three and two so far in quad one games, wins at home against Villanova and Arizona, and a win on the road at Marquette. The losses, the aforementioned one in Las Vegas against Gonzaga and at Arizona. So their strength of schedule in the net is number 39, number 27 in non-conference. And so same question about UCLA. Right now, are they overrated, underrated, or properly rated? I would say they're a bit underrated right now. I think that they're a top six team in the country. You know, they just had a bad weekend like everybody does. This year, I think there's no truly dominant teams. I think Gonzaga's great, but I feel like they were great last year. I think they were even maybe even better a little bit. Auburn is a good team, I think, you know, but they lost last night. So, like I said, I don't think there's any just this team is just above everybody else. UCLA, I feel like they have a Final Four type of, like, togetherness, cohesion, and they can beat anybody as shown of beating Villanova, beating Arizona, beating Marquette on the road, you know, but they also, if they don't watch out, they can lose to, like I said, Arizona State or lose to an Oregon. I really feel that if they can, you know, they can develop a bench, you know, like better bench play, that they can go far rather than coach playing their guys 35 minutes a game. Yeah, right now, really relying on that core of players that helped take them to the Final Four last season. And Arizona, right now, the number one team in the Pac-12, 10-1 and in conference play. Do you think either USC or UCLA have a chance at winning the Pac-12 regular season title, or do you think Arizona's pretty much got it locked up? 
No, I think honestly, in my opinion, both have a chance to play in the beat Arizona. I really think that UCLA's already beat them. SC had them beat in Arizona. So I think, you know, SC, if they get hot, they both match up well against Arizona. I think with UCLA in a neutral game, I think they can beat Arizona. I mean, obviously, it's really, really hard to beat Arizona and Arizona. Trust me, I know. I played there twice, lost twice. <laughs> so I think that, like, in a neutral sighting, like the Vegas thing for the Pac-12 tournament, that'll be interesting to see UCLA and Arizona again. I would love to see it. And SC, too, to be honest. Like, I think that in a neutral site, SC and Arizona, I think SC can beat Arizona. You know, I think they match up really, really well with Arizona. So, you know, they both have a shot. I think Arizona's great. I think they're a lot of talent. But I also think Arizona has bad stretches of offense because it's a lot of one-on-one game with them, you know. So if they hit the shots, they're doing well. They're getting up and down. They're doing well. But if you slow the game down against them, I think they could be beat. And that's what USC does. USC will muck up the game a little bit sometimes. And Arizona is a team that's based on tempo. And SC can give them trouble because of that. So are these teams better than last year's squads for USC that went to the Elite Eight, for UCLA that went to the Final Four, both of them getting knocked out by Gonzaga? Or were last year's teams better? For SC, I would have to say last year's team's probably better. You have a top three pick in Evan Mobley who could be the rookie of the year this year, borderline almost all-star, you know? Basically, in one year, he's been a part of the revolution of the Cavaliers. Now they're in the playoffs or the fourth seed in the East. So, yeah, I would say for SC, they probably were better last year. UCLA, I think the jury is still out, I think. To be honest, they're probably better this year because, remember, last year they started from the play-in game and went all the way to the Final Four. This year they had obviously higher expectation because everybody came back and they added a McDonald's All-American and a freshman. But I also feel like, you know, Nick Cronin is kind of depending on those final four guys a little too much. I think and you have to have some kind of bench in the tournament because you will not be able to just go big game, big game, big game, big game, big game without bench help, you know, and, It'll be interesting to see. I think both UCLA and SC has Final Four type of opportunity and talent to both get to the Final Four. So we'll see. Still a ways to go. Just early February right now, but March Madness coming in just over a month. Looking forward to how both of these teams will possibly do there. You are listening to the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Nara Wang. Joined today by the former UCLA and Long Beach State big man, Travis Reed, also a fellow host here on the Believe Podcast Network, has his own show, An Athlete's Journey, and co-hosts the Believe in UCLA show. If you enjoy listening to us, please subscribe, download, and rate this show where you can get it on all of your favorite podcast directories or go to the website Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. On social media at Believe Podcast. For me, I'm on Twitter. You can catch up with me at Nara Wang Sports, N A R A W E N G Sports. Travis, let the people know where they can find you. Yep, you can find me at Travis W Reed on Instagram, R E E D, not R E I D. And you can find me, Travis W Reed, on Facebook. I post all my social media on both platforms. Also, like he said, 
I do have this show at Athlete's Journey on the Believe Network and co-host the uh, Believe in UCLA show on the Believe Network as well. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Now, Travis, let's dive into the USC versus UCLA matchup coming up on Saturday, the 12th ranked Bruins visiting the Galen Center to take on the 21st ranked Trojans. The game will begin at 7 p.m. You can find it on TV on ESPN and the Trojan Radio Network, KABC 790 AM. The Trojans have won the last four in a row in the series and five of the last six which means UCLA head coach Mick Cronin has yet to beat USC in his time as the Bruins head man. Andy Enfield, 9-10 and overall versus the Bruins over the previous eight seasons, but he started his Trojan head coaching career 0-5 against the Crosstown rivals. The last game last year, March 6, 2021, a 64-63 USC win thanks to Taj Eady hitting a corner three with 1.4 seconds left to give the Trojans the win at Pauley Pavilion. It was the only time that USC led in that entire game. Evan Mobley led four Trojans in double-figure scoring with 13 and added 11 boards and three blocks. Jaime Jaquez and Jules Bernard led the Bruins with 12 and 11 points respectively, but both missed front ends of one-and-one free throws in the final minute of the game. Johnny Juzang did not play in that game. He missed it due to injury. In the last game at Galen Center, that was February 6th of last year, a big 66-48 Trojan victory. Ethan Anderson with a career-high 19 points and a career-best five threes to lead the way for SC. Edie had 16 points and the Mobley brothers combined for 20 rebounds in that one. Johnny Juzang had 13 points and 13 boards, but was the only Bruin in double digits in both of those categories. UCLA was held to under 34% field goal shooting and under 16% from long distance, and they were missing size in that one. UCLA's Cody Riley was out with a knee injury, and Jalen Hill was out for personal reasons in that game. And so going into this Saturday, because SC's had this recent success against UCLA, do you think that helps give the Trojans an edge in any way? No, I think the Trojans believe that they could beat UCLA, obviously, because they've beaten them, you know, for the last five, like you said. I think that this year is this year, you know, like two different teams. 
Now UCLA has, you know, same players, but they also have new ones. So, you know, SC has, you know, similar players, but also have new ones. So this year is this year. It's going to be a great game with two talented teams, both ranked in the top 25. Ironically, the reverse of each other. One is ranked 21, one is ranked 12. So I think it's going to be a, a, a tremendous game. And like I said, it's going to be a statement game for both teams. For UCLA, is going to be to see if they can stay in the top echelon to kind of try to catch Arizona in some way. And for SC, it's a game to try to jump into that echelon where they could be maybe finished second or third in the Pac-12. So, you know, it's a big game for both teams. I think it could be, and it's also a quality win, another quality win for either team who wins the game against a ranked opponent. So those are always great in the tournament's eyes in Selection Sunday. For sure. Definitely a quad one game for both teams. And some of the key stats I looked up through last night's games, USC 10th in the nation in both rebounding at 41 a game and field goal percent defense at just over 38% that the opponents are shooting. And they're not so great in turnover margin at minus 0.9 a game, 241st in the country. And they are 338th out of 350 teams in free throw percentage, 64 and a half percent basically and that's because it's come up in the last few games with better free throw shooting so they were a lot worse than that even just a couple of weeks ago meanwhile UCLA ninth in the country in assist to turnover ratio at over one and a half to one per game and 11th in turnover margin they turn over their opponents nearly four and three quarters times more per game the only really bad stat I could find about UCLA and believe me I tried Travis to find something bad about UCLA but the only thing they're really in the bottom half of the country in is in three-point field goals made per game they make seven a game they're tied with Idaho State in that category but they still make more than USC actually so even though they're not great in that category they're still better than SC there so I think that just kind of shows you that SC does its thing using its size rebounding field goal percent defense UCLA not as big a team but they'll pressure you and they turn the ball over on defense to get their offense going. So can USC's size disrupt UCLA here, or will turnovers be the story of the matchup? It just kind of depends. I think both teams are strong. I think, you know, SC's size and physicality can hurt UCLA on the boards. If Cody Riley and Jaime Hawkins doesn't come to rebound, and I think that the turnovers that UCLA could create and SC. If they're turning over the ball at crucial times, it could hurt SC. I think that's what happened to SC against Arizona. They turned the ball over in crucial times, missed some crucial shots, and they let Arizona back in the game, you know. It'll be interesting to see how players play. I think when you're coming out of off a broken nose or a Mobley, he's going to probably wear a mask, and it's hard to play in those, to be honest. I played with one of those before kind of hard to breathe you got to have one that's particular to your nose and you get all foggy and things like that when you're breathing hard so it'll be interesting to see how he plays with that but yeah I think both teams have certain styles of how they play I think UCLA they can hit some outside shots it can open up the game for them that's what didn't happen against Arizona State they didn't hit any outside shots they missed a lot of shots Johnny Juzang in particular missed a lot of shots and like I said, I think, you know, it, it all depends on, on the will of the game. And they both have strong wills. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. 
I don't know if you're a boxing fan. I am. And they always like to say in boxing, styles make fights. And so we're going to see who can impose their style on the other will likely determine the winner of this big rivalry game. Let's go over some of the key players in the game. You already mentioned him for USC. Isaiah Mobley missed the game against Pacific with that broken nose. Likely, like you said, will be wearing a mask. I think the only guy in history who ever liked wearing a mask was Rip Hamilton. He loved wearing the mask, right, in the pros <laughs> after he broke his nose. But everyone else obviously doesn't like wearing anything on their face when they're trying to play basketball. Isaiah Mobley leads the team in scoring at over 14 and a half a game, leads in rebounding at eight and a half a game, and also has the most steals on the team with 20. He was one of 10 players named to the Carl Malone Award finalist watch list for the best power forward in the country. And he's also on the Wooden Award late season watch list. Boogie Ellis, the transfer from Memphis, second on the team with 12.8 points a game, leads the team in three-point field goals made with 38, and is one of the better free-throw shooters for the Trojans at 78%. But he has struggled with his field goal shooting in the last three games, only making 12 out of 36, 33 and a third percent. And Chavez Goodwin, who started the season on fire, most improved player probably on the Trojans squad, he leads the regulars on the team with about 59.5% field goal shooting, but he's one of the bad free throw shooters for SE, under 46% there. He is third on the team in scoring, just under 12 a game, and second in rebounding at 6.8 a game. Flipping it over to the Bruins, Johnny Juzang leading the team in scoring at just over 18 per game, almost an 85% free throw shooter and has the most threes with 35. He is one of four Bruins averaging at least five rebounds a game. Jaime Jaquez Jr. leading the team in rebounds at 5.6 a game, second in scoring at just over 13, and also second in assists and steals. But he has struggled shooting the three this season, just over 28% after shooting over 39% last season. And in his last three games, he's gotten hot from the field, 21 to 44. That's 47.7%, but still just one of seven in those three games from distance. And Tiger Campbell, the point guard, leading the team in assists with 98 and steals with 26. Fourth on the team in scoring at just over 11 a game. And second in three-point field goal percentage at 40.7. But besides those three players for each side, who are the X-Factor players that you're looking at that have to step up to get their respective teams a W? Well, like I said, I think for, let's just start with SC. Even though there could be other players who could step up, I really feel like Mobley has to be that guy, you know, for SC. Because um, this is the kind of game that he can make himself like a draft pick, you know, like a first-round draft pick, to be honest. These are the kind of games that scouts look at. They look at what they're doing in the big games against the good teams. I think the Mobley versus probably put Jaime on them, you know, matchup. That's the most intriguing one to me. Mobley being one of the top fours in, you know, in the country on the Carl Malone list, like you said. Jaime, you know, kind of coming on as of late. That matchup is going to be the matchup of the game to me. You know, it's just, it's just my opinion. Because SC goes through, everything kind of goes through Mobley in a way, you know. They have a lot of talent, but like Mobley gets it from the top. He gets it from the post. He gets it from the mid post. I think that, you know, his game, they kind of run their offense around him. And they have a lot of talent to other guys. But if you notice, the ball is in his hand a lot. For UCLA, 
Besides those three, I got to see what Riley's going to do. Cody Riley in the rebounding factor. SC's physical. They go to the glass hard. I think Cody Riley had a terrible weekend against Arizona and especially Arizona State. You know, I think that like him being a fifth-year senior, he needs to step up and be the big guy for UCLA in order for them to make it to the Final Four or whatever they want to go. He has to be able to rebound. He has to be able to finish around the basket. He's missed so many chippies, and he gets blocked a lot as a center. You know, SC's athletic, period. At the big man spot, they have, you know, good shot blockers, and they're going to be smacking it like Arizona was smacking his shot, you know, on last week, Thursday. So he needs to be able to finish around the basket, hit his little 15-footer, and to keep SC honest, you know. As far as the big three, the big three is going to have to play well. And big four, really. You put Jules Bernard in there, too. You know, those four have to play well. And Riley has to play better. You know, like I said, in order for them to be the team that they want to be, Riley has to play better. The guys I'm looking at for each team for SC, Drew Peterson, it seems when he's going well, the Trojans go well. That's been the story for his two seasons in the program. So we'll see what kind of game Drew Peterson can have for USC. And on the UCLA side, I'm interested to see what Peyton Watson can do. Heralded freshman who came in, has been up and down in his freshman season for UCLA, but a really athletic player and Again, like you said, SC a very athletic team. I think Peyton Watson could be a key X factor for the Bruins. So let's get right to it. Who's winning the game on Saturday and why? Okay, well, before I answer that question, I agree with you on on the Peyton Watson thing. But the problem is, if he only plays like eight minutes, you know, what will it matter? But that's the thing. I think he's going to have to play more minutes. Yeah, I agree. I think, like I said, I think the coach has to... Stay off of like this. I'm going to just ride with my top four or five guys 40 minutes. He has to play Peyton Watson more, you know, like in all honesty, how much good or bad can you do in two minutes or three minutes? He'll never get a rhythm that way. And so I would love to see Peyton Watson play more, but we'll go forward now. I think UCLA wins and I think they win in a close one. I think the SC is going to come out extra hype. They'll come up early. They'll get up early. I think they'll have a couple highlights, a couple, you know, a couple threes, a couple dunks. And the crowd's going to be going crazy. But I think, you know, as the game calms down, kind of gets going, UCLA hits some shots. Jaime hits some shots. Johnny Juzang hits some shots. Bernard hits some shots. Tiger hits some shots. UCLA wins in a close one because I think SC is going to turn the ball over a little bit too much down the stretch. So obviously, I got to go with SC. I got to defend my school and pick SC. <laughs> Although the caveat is going to be, how is Isaiah Mobley going to play with this broken nose? Like you said, he's going to be wearing a mask. I don't know if he's ever had to wear a mask before to play basketball. And that can be an adjustment, especially the first game, to do it. So we're going to see how that goes for Isaiah. We're going to see if guys can step up around him and Boogie Ellis. So I think it's going to be close. It's going to be a rock fight, I think, between SC and UCLA at the Galen Center. We're going to get a full house in there, full capacity allowed at the Galen Center again. So hopefully a great crowd will be on hand to see this crosstown showdown. And so I've got to go the other way. I think it's going to be very close. I think SC is going to turn the ball over a lot, but I think they're going to do enough down the stretch against UCLA on the interior and pull out a 
win. Probably a game that's going to be in the 60s, though. I think if it goes high scoring, that's going to favor UCLA. I think low scoring favors USC. So we're going to see what happens there. Well, Travis. make sure you bring me on the show if, if when UCLA wins the time, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Everything USC podcast. I'm your host, Nara Wang. I am joined today by the one-time Dutch Basketball League MVP, former UCLA and Long Beach State basketball player, Travis Reed, also host of two shows on the Believe Podcast Network. If you want to find this show or his shows, subscribe, download, and rate on any of your favorite podcast directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, or TuneIn. Or you can go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcast. To catch up with me, I'm at Nara Wang Sports on Twitter, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Travis, if the people want to connect with you, where do they go? Pretty much, you can find me on Instagram at Travis W. Reed, at Travis W. Reed, R-E-E-D. And also on Facebook, Travis W. Reed. Like you said, the SC guy said, <laughs> pretty much uh, you can find my show in Athlete's Journey, also on the Believe Network, and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you can find me and my co-host Sam on the Believe Network as well, Believe in UCLA. This is Roxy Bernstein, play-by-play broadcaster for ESPN and the Pac-12 Network. And when I need my USC fix, I'm tuning in to hear everything USC podcast. With Nara Wang on the Believe Podcast Network. And on this final segment, Travis, I want to get into your memories of playing in this USC versus UCLA rivalry. You were a part of that loaded 1997 recruiting class with Baron Davis, Earl Watson, Billy Knight, and Rico Hines that head coach Steve Lavin brought in to Westwood. And I hate to say it, but you did go undefeated in your four games against the Trojans from your freshman and sophomore years at UCLA in 98 and 99 before you transferred over to Long Beach. And only one of the games was super close. It went to overtime in February of 98. Also in February of 99 was a close game at Pauley. But those were the last four in a 10-game winning streak for the Bruins in the series, the longest by either team since 1980. And unfortunately, I was a part of the USC class of 1998, Travis, and I've talked about this on the show before. So I had eight of those 10 losses by USC on my record. I am the only four-year class, the class of 1998, in USC history to lose every game in football and men's basketball versus UCLA. It's a shameful thing that my class has. (laughs) in those two big sports in collegiate athletics. So what do you remember most about those four games while you were at UCLA? Well, okay. Sidebar, football team at that time, UCLA and SC wasn't close. I think that, you know, UCLA had Kate McNown at the time. They were going to the Rose Bowl. SC was kind of down, so they didn't really have the talent. But that's when UCLA football was like big, like top 10 in the country big. As far as those four games, it meant a lot because, you know, when you come into this rivalry, you grow up with most of the people that you're playing against. Example, we was the number one recruiting class in the country. Like you already mentioned me, Baron, Earl, Billy Knight, Rico Hines. And SC, you know, the guys that came in with them, Jeff Japangay, Greg Lakey, 
I grew up with Jeff. I've been knowing Jeff since I was like 14, 15 years old. Same with Greg, you know. And a couple years later, you know, Sam Clancy and all those guys that came in. Brandon Granville, David Blumenthal. I grew up with all those guys pretty much playing against them my whole life. So that's what the rivalry means to me, like playing against guys that you grew up against. Kevin Augustine, you know, like all those guys. And the motto when I was at UCLA, it was always like, you never lose the SC, period. You know, you never, ever lose to them. And like, I think that we just had the confidence. Like we was like, oh, it's just SC, we'll beat them. Even though they had a lot of talent, like I said, with, you know, Jeff and my years at Long Beach State, we, I beat them once, but I lost to them twice. And that's when they went to like E-Day, you know, 16. They had, you know, they had a real good team. But when I was at UCLA, it was just a rivalry where kids you grew up against. So you, you didn't want to lose to them, period. And that's what UCLA is feeling now. And that's same with SC. These are players that you played against growing up, you know, AAU ball, things like that. So you want to have those bragging rights for the city, you know, period. You know, you want to have those bragging rights. Like we're the best team in the city. And there's nothing you guys can do about it. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see this weekend. But, like, that's what I thought when I was playing. And you were a young guy those two years. How much did you play and how would you do? Well, pretty much I remember my first year, I actually I played a little bit, but I got hurt both games. <laughs> but we ended up winning anyway. And then the second year, I remember – we played, that's when they had Scalabrini and Clancy and things like that. And I remember the game at Poly. We were down early because they were playing fantastic. And our coach told me to go and just guard Scalabrini. I was doing good against him. And the second half, I just literally just all I, my job was to play defense on him. And, you know, like I didn't necessarily stop him to zero points or anything like that. But I, you know, I helped, I did my job to, kind of contain them when we end up winning the game. And that's when pretty much our coach was like, 4-0 for our sophomore class, never lose the SC <laughs> in anything. And so it's not a crazy rivalry like maybe Alabama-Auburn, but it's a good rivalry for two great programs and great schools. And part of it is just the proximity. Like you said, a lot of local kids end up going to the schools, have been playing against each other their whole lives, and they continue it on in college at SC and UCLA. And I remember you as a rugged, undersized big man. And you were the dirty work kind of guy for the teams that you played on. But I want to get your best story surrounding this rivalry. It doesn't have to be from a game necessarily, but maybe it's like a pregame hype thing that you and your teammates did, or maybe it's running into an SC guy in the offseason and talking trash. Like, what's the best story you have in this USC-UCLA rivalry? Well, I would say this. I remember when I was getting recruited, because I got recruited by both schools in high school. I remember SC... I forgot who was recruiting me out of SC, but they sent my grandmother 80 letters in one day. So I received 80 letters from USC in one day. And I remember I told my coach, Coach Holton, who was a consistent coach at UCLA at the time, and I told him about it. And then he sent me a letter like the next day saying, SC has to send you 80 letters. All we have to do is send you one. I think we know where you're going, you know? And kind of like, <laughs> you know, I'm in high school. I'm like, dang, you know, like, 
That's crazy because I was I was really excited. And I said, like, SC sent me 80 letters. He was like, <laughs> SC send you all 80 letters and UCLA send you one, you know? And after that, I kind of knew, like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna probably end up going to UCLA. Ouch. Ouch. That's all I gotta say about that. That one hurts. SC was trying to do the gimmicks. They were trying to get guys because they had to use gimmicks. And UCLA was <laughs> like, yeah, hey, we're UCLA. That's how recruiting goes sometimes, right? It's, hey, I'm UCLA. Hey, I'm Kansas. I'm Duke. I'm North Carolina. And it just recruits itself. SC is trying to do <laughs> different tricks to get guys. And then you just like get impressed by the one letter from UCLA. I see how it is, Travis. I know how it works. <laughs> but at least like you mentioned, after you transferred to Long Beach State, you got the win in the year you transferred, so you couldn't play that year. But then the two years you did play, we beat you. So at least we finally yeah. got to you <laughs> at Long Beach State. Yeah. No, so I said SC was, for those years when they had Sam Clancy and Jeff Trapange and all those guys, uh, Scalabrini, they were rocking it. They were rocking it. They were really good. The funny thing was, like, I remember the year that they went to Elite Eight. They lost to UCLA at the buzzer for my best friend, Billy Knight. He hit the shot at the buzzer on TV. I was, I was at the game. Because I was at Long Beach State at the time at the game. I was like, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, like I, I'm still friends with Sam and Jeff. They've come on my show, Athlete's Journey. So, like, they're really good friends still to this day. So, you know, I enjoyed the rivalry. I enjoyed it because it was just two great schools, two great histories, so close in proximity to each other, two great traditions. It's just wonderful. It's a wonderful rivalry. Yeah, the closest I came in my four years at a win was my sophomore year, so spring of 96, and my brother followed me to USC. He was a year behind me in school, so it was his freshman year, and we were playing at the sports arena on February 22nd of 96. That's my brother's birthday. My brother's like the luckiest guy in the world that I know, so I'm like, if we're going to get a win, we're going to beat UCLA on my brother's birthday. And Charles O'Bannon, senior, hit a shot at the buzzer, basically, to win that game. And I was like, oh, I guess we're just never going to beat UCLA in basketball. And guess what? It turned out to be true. I never beat UCLA in my four years in men's basketball. Can I ask you a funny question? Go for it. How did it feel that you saw Charles O'Bannon playing for SC in the movie, what was it, She Got Game or whatever that movie was? Oh, Love and Basketball. <laughs> Love right? basketball. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> How funny was that? It was funny. It was weird. And then, of course, his son committed to USC, played at USC his first couple years before transferring to TCU, Charles O'Bannon Jr. So, obviously, the O'Bannons always giving USC problems, whether it was because it was Ed and Chuck playing for UCLA or Charles O'Bannon Jr. just not being able to really work out at USC despite being a McDonald's All-American and Obviously, he's at TCU now. But, Travis, it's been great having you on the show to talk about this USC-UCLA rivalry with the game coming up on Saturday, 7 o'clock Saturday night at the Galen Center. And, again, I know you're going for UCLA. I'm going for USC. We'll see how it turns out. But great having you on, man. Well, like I said, I appreciate it. I mean, I know it takes a lot of guts and a lot of, courage for you to bring on a UCLA guy. So like I said, I respect you for actually coming on and us having a good dialogue about the game and the history of the rivalry. Awesome. For my guests, former UCLA and Long Beach State, 
basketball player Travis Reed. I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 53 of the Everything USC podcast presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and much, much more. We believe in our team. Do you believe? And as I end every show, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.